Hello, you're listening to Work From Home, a Lower Street podcast, where we help you stay connected, productive, and sane whilst working remotely. Today, we're looking at does working from home mean the death of the office, remote working etiquette, and houseplants. First up, does working from home mean the death of the office? I have an article here from Tom Ravenscroft, who's the editor of Dezine, which is a magazine, and he's talking about his company's work from in-person in the office to completely remote. He said that it does raise a lot of questions about how many people do actually need to be in the office and working. And he said that everybody in his company was on board with moving to remote and Interestingly enough, for a magazine, the move to online has been surprisingly strained for him. And one of the main things he cites is the lack of in-person conversations and how much more time you need to spend on Slack or any other text messaging app to get the same point across. And this is something that's come up a few times in articles that we've been reading or stories we've been hearing that one of the main issues about working from home is that you do miss these serendipitous conversations that you have in the hallways and it is more difficult to get across a point succinctly on Slack sometimes. Another article is from The Guardian, which also asks the same question, does the current wave of self-isolation and social distancing measures mean that homeworking could become a permanent fixture of everyone's working life going forward? And it points to a lot of these huge companies which either weren't working from home or didn't have significant numbers of employees doing it. And suddenly now everybody is able to go home and do their jobs to a reasonable degree in ways that people wouldn't have expected and in ways that employers wouldn't have necessarily allowed before. And this article, which is by Alex Hearn, points to a number of technology companies that have managed to move their staff almost entirely remotely, as in Microsoft, Facebook and Google, companies like that. But it also points to an interesting potential issue, which is how does our online infrastructure deal with all of these new people who are working remotely? Can the internet deal with this huge number of people who have decided to go home and use home broadband rather than these big business connections that you would normally get inside offices. I think both of these articles provide an interesting look at the idea that, yes, you can work remotely and more people than you think can work remotely can actually head home and get the work done. But some of the problems that arise are quite interesting and unexpected, which is, It is more difficult to have succinct conversations, or it can be, over text messaging apps like Slack. And also, how does this infrastructure cope with this huge number of new people who are now working from home? There's more information in both of those articles, and we will link them in the show notes, but they both pose the very interesting question of, will we ever go back to the new normal after this wave of remote working? Next up, we have a couple of articles from Wired, and from the Evening Standard, which talk about typing etiquette and what we should be looking out for now that more people are working remotely and we will be seeing far more emails and other text-based messaging in our lives. And an interesting idea from the Wired article is that you can institute a system of putting as much information as you can in the subject line of an email, which I always find is incredibly useful. If you can say the majority or the headlines of what you need to say in an email through 
the subject line, then that's absolutely fantastic. And it really does cut down on a lot of time spent trying to read emails. The Evening Standard actually has a guide of their own on working tight to ket, they call it. And one of the points they raise is don't be short. No one word sentences with hard full stops after them because it just, it screams dissatisfaction or grumpiness and that might not always be your intention. It also has this interesting point of don't try to lose all of these water cooler conversations. You know, if you come into the office on Monday and you ask somebody about their weekend, then it might be a good idea to try and do that over WhatsApp or Slack or whatever text messaging app it is that you're now using. So you can try and keep up with everyone on your team and maybe actually over communicate to compensate for what you're losing from not being able to talk to people face to face. And finally... The Independent has published a guide to houseplants, and this is something that I've always found pretty interesting, this idea that you can get these potted plants in and they won't just look nice and, you know, keep you calm and zen and all that, but they'll actually purify the air around you and provide some health benefits beyond that. I think partly this is just a way to be incredibly nerdy about plants, but I'm not going to complain about the opportunity to be nerdy about something. And I've been in the market for a houseplant for some time, and it's another one of these cases of paralysis by analysis because there are so many different ones out there. You know, you want one that's not too high maintenance, but that needs a little bit of attention, and you want one that does some of this fancy air purifying that you hear so much about. One of the recommendations in this article is for the Monstera Minima, which is an air purifying plant. It says here that you can't eat its leaves, but I don't really know why you'd want to. But it's this large leafy green plant that will take toxins out of the air. And it says it just needs a little bit of sun, but not too much and watering once a week, which sounds right up my alley in terms of neediness from a plant. And if finding the right lighting and watering once a week is a bit much for you, I know that might be a bit much <laughs> for me at sometimes. Another idea they have here is the Forest Sansevieria, or the moonshine plant. This is one that's known for being a bit rough and ready and can take a bit of abuse or rather neglect. And on top of all that, they air purify by absorbing toxins like nitrogen oxides and formaldehyde. The trade-off, it seems to be, is that they're a little bit smaller, which actually may be a good thing if you want to stick it on your desk or something like that. Now, I don't want this to turn into the home gardening show, so I'll leave it there, but do check out the article. It's really interesting, and I think it definitely does help your mood if you can have some form of greenery indoors, especially nowadays when we're not all able to actually get outside as much as we may want to and enjoy the local parks or the countryside. So... That's it for today's episode. Do you have stories about working from home that you'd like to share with us? Tips you'd like to hear? Or topics you'd like us to cover? Email us, wfh at lowerstreet.co. Houseplant recommendations are very welcome. And remember to subscribe for new content every weekday. day.